it is okay to change. I think so often we don't allow ourselves to do 180s, right? Like we know, for instance, if we know we're on a dark path and we know uh, we're surrounding ourselves with negativity, if, if we understand that we can change a full 180 tomorrow. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host, Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades, but the question isn't that. The question is, are you going to be part of what makes dentistry great? Okay, so I am as excited as I probably could be because today I have the honor of getting to interview the one and only Melissa K. Turner. Don't Google Melissa Turner. No, I'm just joking. Uh, so before I really dive in uh, and set you up, Melissa, I would just like to say thank you for letting me interview you today. Thank you, Sean. And yeah, you do not want to, you don't want to Google Melissa Turner because there's some crazy things in the news right now. And it's not me, I swear. So literally that's what I did because I was like, <laughs> hey, let me just do some research. You know, I know Melissa, I know she's a huge deal. So for anyone listening, um, what does Melissa not do? Like, so I, I had to write it down. So I was like, okay, so you're doing the iWoman podcast. You do the Dentistry's Gone Wild podcast. You're the host of the Denobi Awards, uh, the host of the National Mobile and Teledentistry Conference. And I think there's two other things, but I didn't even capture what they were. What What are those other ones? Uh, you know what? I kind of lost track, but um, <laughs> it it's a lot. It is. But the, the bottom line is that I'm having fun and it all kind of goes together. It all kind of correlates with one another. And the bottom line, Sean, is to move dentistry forward in a way that's makes positive change. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to dive into that later, but that's the bottom line of everything. Well, so the reason why I have this podcast, Melissa, is because I am fascinated with innovation, but there's so many different ways innovation can go, right? There's technological innovation, or there's just this technology that comes along and all of a sudden, bam, dentistry is no longer the same. And there's clinical innovation where all of a sudden, you know, some pioneer discovers like a better way to do something in the mouth and they just start creating beautiful whatever all on four all on something um but for this podcast i'm just fascinated by what is it that causes like dental professionals to say hey why can't i just be the change that i see like i see a problem why can't i step up and there's nothing wrong with staying in the op as a hygienist or as a dentist but for those that have that kind of hunger and they're like yeah but i think there, there's more i just feel this like there's like that is you in a nutshell. You're a hygienist, but but you're so much more than that. And you just stepped up and pioneered positive change. Why? Like, tell me your story of how you went from even just being in dentistry to all of a sudden leading and pioneering the way that you are. Mm -hmm. You know, and where to begin? But I mean, I will begin somewhere. But it, the story of my life, and there's a lot of things that people don't know, people do know, and time will come and I'll reveal those things and it's, it'll be exciting and you'll be shocked. But the things in my life, wait, have... so, so much mystery there. <laughs> like I, that is so awesome. We're, we're, I'm still not going to tell you yet, but it's coming someday. You'll get to know. I'm just not ready yet, Sean. I'm not ready okay. yet. Okay. But, but those things in my life, and we all have those things. You have those things. Everyone listening have those things, these pivotal moments that have kind of shaped who you are. And, and if you look back on my life from little on up, those moments have always been where I was an outsider. I was an outsider in a lot of different ways in my own community, in my own family growing up. And then even when I started in dentistry, I just, I still felt like an outsider. And part of that is because like you've been saying, I, I, I'm a big picture person and I see where things are going. I see the change that has to take place and that needs to take place. I see the pain in the people around me and I, I see the need there. And so my heart, the, the bottom, the core, the most deepest part of my heart is to kind of take a society, take a community and say, hey, we need to change. We're going to go here. 
Now let's get there and let's get there as fast as we can because it's going to be better for everyone once we're there. And so I think me being an outsider always in my life and kind of feeling that way in clinical dentistry has allowed me to kind of take that burden and carry the burden and be like, okay, like let's let's be inclusive. Let's learn how to be diverse in dentistry. Let's learn how to move the needle forward instead of just sticking with tradition all the time. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but that's, that, that's the nutshell that I can give right now. So this is the thing, Melissa, like I, I literally talked about, I don't know, maybe it was the second or third episode because the first four I just recorded as like foundations of innovation. But then mm -hmm. since then, I've just been interviewing amazing innovators like yourself. And in one of those early ones, I was like literally talking about how there's these moments that people almost wish they could erase from their life. Mm -hmm. And what they don't realize is those are the moments where there's gold, where they can find out, okay, what gift did I get from this adversity, from being excluded? Mm -hmm. And now that you're like, look, I'm just owning. I was excluded for so long growing up and even in dentistry. So now I'm taking that almost chip on my shoulder or the gift that was given and saying, I'm going to include people and I'm going to lead and pioneer mm -hmm. to a future where there isn't, there, there isn't going to be people that get excluded, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that is amazing because it's like, I, I always want to encourage people, like discover what it was about your upbringing your perspective on life, your unique experience. And that's where, like, that's where the true gold is, where you can identify, hey, this is who I am as an authentic brand. Here's my authentic message, because it's going to come from a place that's deep inside. And I see that when you, when you share that, there is such a resonance to like, oh, this is who Melissa is. And there's power in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's power and there's connection and authenticity. And if there's, if there's two things that, you know, could be, all about what I am. It's, it's authenticity and, and communication and just connect, connecting with people. And I think, and you could probably relate to this too, but I knew who I was and then I had kids and I realized, oh my goodness, like now I need to fight forward faster than ever to, to build a legacy, to make the world right for my daughters, for my eight-year-old and my six-year-old, right? Like, it's, it's one of these things where, okay, I was just living life and doing good things. Uh, and then I had kids and I'm like, okay, we have to do this major reset because now there's a huge purpose in life. And who knows if my kids are going to be in dentistry someday, maybe they will, but hopefully the, the trickle effect of what I'm doing and going to do in my career will kind of, you know, come, come down to them and they'll, they'll have a better life and a better career because of it. That, that's what I can hope. Yeah. So Melissa, when I see you, I, I honestly was just like, man, like the heights that you've risen to and the impact that you're already making, I just would have assumed that you are like 100% just a career woman and, and not that there's anything wrong with that. So mm -hmm. to know that you are balancing your impact, mm -hmm. even with raising children, like, wow, I just want to honor you for that. But that is, that is no easy job. <laughs> like, I, I think just being a mom in general is probably one of the hardest things in the world and balancing that with what you're doing in dentistry like my i'm not wearing a hat but if i was i, I would take it off for you right now <laughs> thank you that means a lot i mean you're one of these you're one of these people that's super encouraging and you know that about yourself and so don't you dare make me cry on this because i'm about to but i have to tell you what i did this morning so my kids are home from school now this is the first full week that they're home from school and usually when, when these times, when we have these transition times, it takes a while for my work schedule to really catch up and realize, oh no, the kids are home all day long. How am I going to have a full day of meetings if I have to give them lunch, right? So today was one of those days where, oh my goodness, I had to do a content photo shoot, you know, with products and things like that. I have back-to-back -back meetings and my kids, they're great but they just need some help every once in a while, right? They need me to get lunch. And so I was walking around writing the script for this photo shoot, video shoot I was doing while I was blowing a really a huge pink uh, tube floaty. I was blowing that up while I was writing the script. I'm like, this is classic, like work from home mom mode. And I love it. I wouldn't give it up for anything. It's stressful, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. I almost wish you did a vlog just so we could peer into the craziness, but that's life. And that's the beauty of it. Like, I think so many people even wait. The parallels between being a parent and stepping up and innovating positive change are, are so, like, beautifully connected. 
I, a lot of people talk to me and they're like, oh, I'm not ready to be a parent yet. I'm not ready. I don't have all my ducks in a row. And I'm like, you're never going to be mm -hmm. because the kids that you end up having, they don't have a playbook. Like there's no, oh, this is how you raise this one versus this is how you raise this one. You have no idea. You just have to kind of lean into and trust. I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And in that same exact way with innovation, with trying to bring value into the marketplace, there's no playbook that says mm -hmm. this is exactly how it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Now, again, you've done so many, so many different things. Like I'm guessing you're just as human as the rest of us. Like at, at one point in time when you were starting this, were you just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, what if it doesn't work? Like, did you hear those voices of like, Melissa, who are you to do this? Or you're not enough? Or or did you just like, didn't have to block any of those things out because I don't know, maybe, maybe you're special or, or maybe that's just not something you ever struggled with. No, that's something I constantly struggle with, but I don't even know I'm struggling with it. Right. It's one of those things where I think I'm good. I think I can do things and I go do things. And then a year or two later, I'm like, oh my God, like that was, that was freaking fantastic. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I had that much power to change that situation. I can't believe, you know, that social media post got 60,000 views, right? It's, it's those things that I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it's only in retrospect. Can I start to see the value of my own life. And so, yes, to answer your question, I'm always struggling with that, always struggling with it. And I think that's where, you know, my life partner, Andrew, my husband, Andrew, and certain really close friends and mentors around me can help speak that life into me. And, and that's, that's something that is so valuable. Isn't there's a phrase, there's a saying, I'm not really good with sayings, but there's a saying that's, that's something like you are the five people who surround you, right? You are them. Like that is what's going to come out of your attitude, of your aura, of your vibe, the, the five closest people that surround you. And I fully believe that. And I fully, you know, going forward, I'm only going to keep close the people that do breathe life into me and help me understand myself and the difference I can make. Um, I, I remember probably about eight years ago, one of these people said to me, Melissa, what's your 10-year plan? Where are you going to be in 10 years? And it was right when I had just had my first kid and um, I had – like I didn't want to work clinical anymore. And so I'm like, what else, what else can I do? And I knew I was student council president in high school. I was like planning all these events. I'm like, I knew that I wanted to be some kind of a leader, maybe a public figure in dentistry. I just didn't know how to get there. Um, I also didn't feel like I was accepted. See, there's that running theme. So I'm like, well, why don't I just start this 10 year trajectory, make a 10 year plan and kind of carve my own path and do some A-B testing, some beta testing, throw things out there, see what comes back and see what dentistry is ready for and see what they accept at this point. And so that that was a pivotal moment. And, and when he asked me that question, what my 10-year plan was, Sean, I, I knew I didn't have one because I had never done that before. I never had thought really that my life was valuable enough to, to have these goals and to go after them and to really strive for making a huge difference that I knew I could make. And so I told him, I said, I have no clue how to answer that question, but I'm going to work on that answer. I'm going to work on trying to figure it out and, and have a path and have these objective goals. And so I'm well on my way in that. And it, it really feels good. Like I said, looking in retrospect and understanding, okay, this, this is my path and I can make change. And I hope I can inspire my kids and those around me to also kind of be that positive light in, in life. So you actually went where I was just about to go. Cause I'm like, as I was listening to your response right before this, I'm thinking, well, I'm super curious. Like what, what was that transition from? I'm a hygienist, I'm in dental. And now all of a sudden I'm aware that there's something more, um, you know, because like one of the things I, I like talking about is that before we can believe in something, we actually have to be aware of it. So almost like we have to be able to conceive of something, something is possible before we can even start believing, well, why not me? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like can Melissa Turner bring, sorry, Melissa K. Turner. Melissa K. Yes. <laughs> can she bring her strengths to bear, be, be aligned in who she is and show up in dentistry in a way that is true to who she is and blaze a 
just a, a trail that's that's you and will the market respond mm -hmm. and i love that you know as our listeners will know like there was no guarantee at that moment that it was going to work out there was no guarantee <laughs> that you stepping up stepping out deciding to start doing anything was going to resonate with the marketplace mm -hmm. how did you handle that that uncertainty and that just simply unknown mm -hmm. I, I think I think that's where I thrive in the unknown in the uncertainty and I don't know if that's a talent I don't know if that's a flaw it's yet to be really you know understood at least for myself but uh my my husband and he wouldn't mind me saying this he doesn't want he doesn't want to talk about himself but I'll talk about him um but he he's one that doesn't take risks he's one he works in a in with the government it's a systemic you know function organization and he thrives in that he doesn't know how to take risks he doesn't know how to make things from scratch uh, build businesses build brands and through kind of watching him be like oh my gosh melissa i can't believe you you did this or you did that i could never do that i i began to realize that that uncertainty that um unknown is what makes me thrive and I'm getting so excited just thinking of it. So um, on the, you know, a lot of people know me for uh, being a hygienist uh, and for the public facing side of me, which is the traditional key opinion leader, speaker, and then the influencer side. But what most people don't know is that most of my time is spent working in innovation with product and service and technology companies behind the scenes. I'm an executive consultant. I'm a fractional executive officer for, you know, some of the the biggest brands in dentistry. I work with them behind the scenes building products and and launching products and working on brand strategy. And so that's for me, that's where I thrive the most because innovation is unknown. It's 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 uncertainty. And my favorite companies to work with actually are startups because I've been there. But also it's if, if you're a startup, if you're in the first two to three years of launching a product or, or building a brand or getting a 510K FDA approved, you're constantly living in uncertainty and unknown. And it's one of these things where I love to witness it. I don't always want to be completely like a part of it because it's stressful, but I love to witness the growth that comes through these founders like yourself who have this passion, who want to create this product or this technology and who see it through to the end and who have to live that uncertainty for years and years and years. And that can be tough. Uh, tough to watch sometimes. But for me, that's where I thrive. And so a lot of what I do when I work with startups is I'll come alongside the founder and I say, hey, I've seen this before. You're not alone. <laughs> Let's morally help you move along, get the support you need, make sure you get the sleep that you need. And I'll help you come along and like figure out the right messaging uh, to launch the product and help build it so that it, it is successful when when it is time to kind of have certainty and, and launch the product. So I think I think I do like uncertainty. I think you hit the nail on the head there. So was that something you were aware of? Like meaning like when did you connect the dots to like, man, most people mm -hmm. I really think are wired more like your husband. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would even say most people in dental. And I, I don't mean that as a, an offensive statement to dentists. I'm just saying like it's always good to acknowledge, okay, so if this is more of the way I'm disposed to, mm -hmm. um, then I probably do need people's help that that can function in this with a lot more grace, a lot more latitude, a lot more expertise. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I read a lot of Seth Godin. I just like the way he thinks. And he's constantly talking about the fact people actually don't want more freedom. Mm -hmm. Like the, the reality of freedom is actually what terrifies people because yeah. you can do anything you want to do. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? You can do anything you want to do. Like you can start a podcast. You can start a movement. You can start events. You can start a company that doesn't exist in dentistry to solve the problem that only you see. But with that comes the responsibility of like, well, but it's on you. Like, are you going to do something about it? But that's terrifying because it's like, oh, like I'd almost rather know I, I, I have to follow this proven path. Mm -hmm. There's safety in this certain tried and true method, course of action. And I think a lot of people like that. You're saying, hey, <laughs> blow all the rules off, blow, blow everything off. I am still going to function super well when 
freedom. Yeah. There, there is no constraints except what's ethical <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and with what the market will either reward mm-hmm. or say, no, you need to iterate. Like, that's why I, I love the way you think, Melissa, because you are that classic visionary entrepreneur that can really dance in that tension of mm-hmm. what is not yet mm-hmm. and say, okay, like, like you even said this when you were starting, let me just see what the market's going to say. And then I can just kind of be agile and iterate. Mm-hmm. Like that is like advanced thinking that it takes even some entrepreneurs decades to figure out, oh my gosh, learning isn't in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Learning is in the marketplace when the marketplace says, change this up a bit, mm-hmm. or we don't really resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Like, did you always see yourself as an entrepreneur? When, when, when did you connect the dots and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just who I am? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if it's still, people ask me what I do and I say, mm, I'm a speaker. <laughs> it's always with that inflection at the end uh, because I don't know what I do uh, because I'm just having fun. But, uh, you know, I have to credit credit my family, my parents for who I am today, because they have always been entrepreneurs. They were small business owners. They would own one thing and then own another thing and then own another thing and 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 kind of just hardworking, make their way and carve their own path. And I, I think looking back on my life, that is those that was life changing for me, you know, to see them make their own decisions about things, take to, to see them buy a business and say, okay, we're going to completely change this business, do what we want to it and make it succeed. I, I, that, that witnessing that was probably, you know, what led me to who I am today. And then, and then the one thing that I have always known about myself is that I, I color outside the lines all the time. You know, if, if there is, (laughs) if there is, if everyone's doing this over here and I find myself in that group, I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk over here and kind of do this over here. Cause I don't want to be mainstream. I don't know why, but I want to continue to pull the group over here to what I'm doing and move things along. So I always color outside the lines, except when I need to keep the peace, right? Then I'll, then I'll color inside ethically, right? I'll color inside the lines. One of the things that I think, um, uh, is kind of lacking in dentistry right now are those people who are bridging the generational gaps. Uh, so we have the more traditional dentists and dental hygienists and dental professionals, and then we have the more progressive, the younger ones. And I feel like it's very important to have, and and I put this burden on myself, is to have people who can connect the two generations because we need to pull from from the tradition to innovate, to make change, to help lead the the young, the really young ones that are just entering the um, the industry. And so that's when I also color inside the lines is to help connect, to help uh, bridge the gap between generations and, and not even just generations. But one of the things that I love about the conference that uh, Sonia Dunbar and I founded, it's called the National Mobile Intelli-Dentistry Conference. One of the things I love about it, and I'm super biased because it's my own conference, it's my own brand. So of course I'm going to be biased, but it pulls together people in dentistry who otherwise would not come together at all. So it pulls together the public health dental practices with the private practice dentists. First of all, that that never happens. And it also pulls together the DSOs and it pulls together the hygienists who own practices. And we're all on the same page. And so to me, that is a huge step towards innovation. There's no ego at that conference. Everyone is on the same page trying to move dentistry forward. And to me, that's one of my favorite times of the year because I can sit back and I can watch these groups come together that would never, ever communicate outside of this event. Um, so yeah, color inside the, the lines, color outside the lines. I'll do whatever needs to, needs to happen to kind of make, make things move forward. Melissa, you're just a great example um, of like just being true to who you are and playing to your strengths. Like one of the analogies, or I don't even know if it's an analogy, but just like a visual expression I even shared it with you when we just met up at DEO mm-hmm. was that like the future I see is that we're all kind of holding the same line, wanting to advance dentistry. And when you look to the right or left of yourself, you'll see that there's some vacancies where people haven't stepped up yet to be 
who only they can be. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what could happen when we're not meeting these people at conferences, when we're not meeting them in networking because they're still trying to get over their own shit, so to speak, <laughs> of like, am I enough? Can I play it big? Can I step up? And and I, I do empathize. I'm not trying to be harsh. Like, mm-hmm. I probably could have stepped up a lot sooner had I not listened to that voice on my side saying like, who are you? You know, all, all that self-doubt. But what, I, what I'm encouraging people to do is like, when you dial in like who you are and what's unique about the way that you were made, your perspective, it, it's not trying to be somebody. No one can be Melissa K. Turner. Like this is just who you are. You have the savvy to know when to innovate, when to color outside the lines. And then at the same time, the wisdom to be like, you know, I want to honor those that went before us. I want to honor those that have already pioneered and that got dentistry where it's at today. But we don't want to just be like, look, we're beyond you. We don't need you anymore. Let's let's unite and then let's bring the older generation and the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And together, let's make what dentistry, like dentistry, all that it can be. Like, I've never heard someone share that vision. That is just like, that is so inspiring. Thank you so much. And I didn't know what you were doing behind the scenes with startups and with different companies that are wanting to launch innovative products and everything. Like you are the perfect person <laughs> for that. Again, I, I just keep finding you're playing the games that you were meant to excel at where you can bring value, where you can shine. Mm-hmm. And you, you're <laughs> like, I want to interview people like you because that this is what I'm trying to tell other people. Like, hey, look what Melissa did. You can do it. Now question, did you ever have like a season where there's like a dark night of the soul where you're just like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because maybe, maybe traction was taking longer uh, to catch on, or I don't know, maybe there was just more self doubt. Like, did you ever have one of those moments where you were really, really low and what did you do to get out of that? Because obviously you're here right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's something that I'm constantly fighting. We're all, I, I feel like we're all constantly fighting that, but I'll share with you, Sean, the I, th- I think the launch pad that really got me where I am today was right after you say you say dark nights, whew, right after I had my first kid, Maggie. She's eight now, almost nine. She's like nine going on 36. So I don't really know how old she is, but <laughs> almost 10 years ago, uh, I had we had moved to a, a new city in Minnesota and I was eight months pregnant. And we knew that. By the way, I don't think you can say it that way. I think you need to say Minnesota. Minnesota. (laughs) My Northeast (laughs) accent isn't going to come out then. Sorry, Uh, I had to. (laughs) You had to. Uh, But we moved to Minnesota and eight months pregnant, first kid, freaked out. I was totally, I was so scared, right? Didn't know anybody, didn't even have a house when we moved there. We moved there, we lived out of an extended stay hotel for for a couple of months till we got a house. Uh, Well, really... We moved into the house two weeks before she came and she came early. Anyway, so this is like, I'm not going to tell the whole birth story. That's if you, if you want to hear that, that's over a glass of wine or something, we can swap birth stories. But anyway, the dark moments came after that. There was an entire year of postpartum depression and those, oh my goodness, if you haven't reached rock bottom, thank God that you haven't because when you do your whole life changes. My whole life changed. But I'll tell you, I didn't even know if I was going to make it to another day, right? I remember on her, on Maggie's one-year birthday, I literally just like, she blew out. She was in her diaper outside. You know, we gave her her first like cake, right? We're those parents. So she had it all over herself and it was just a mess in her high chair. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I had this like big like sigh and almost a physical kind of like, um, I don't know, a quiver of that just like released. And it was, I literally thought to myself, oh my God, like, whew, I kept her alive for a year. Like, we're good now. We can move forward. And it was out of that, it was over over that year of just darkness of I mean, literal darkness because we were in northern Minnesota, but also mental and physical and emotional darkness. It was over that year that I really learned to fight. That was the launch pad to say, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? And I wasn't working. That was when I kind of stopped working clinically full time. 
And I said, what can I do in dentistry that's not clinical that I can kind of help make change and be a leader? And so that's, that is the, the mud and the mire and the murk. And that's, that's the shit that happened where these beautiful plants are growing, you know, that, that was the manure. Like I come from farming community. I understand that you have to fertilize the ground and you have to live in shit for a while for things to really, to, to get that fruit, to get that green, to get that luscious life that will grow from that. And so, you know, one of the things, once, once people really get to know me, it's, it's one of these things where un, until you've reached rock bottom, <laughs> you, you might not know why you're living, but once you do, then you know why you live. And then you can you can also see in other people, oh my God, like I know they reach rock bottom. I know that much. Like you can sense it in other people too. But it's, I mean, everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. And this is why you're doing this podcast too. So thank you. Thank you for having me on to share, to share my story. Well, Melissa, I, I'm just thinking like how many times have I changed the trajectory of where I was going because it was uncomfortable um, you don't have the ability to tap out as a mom. I mean, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you could have tried to through childcare or, mm -hmm. or some other means, mm -hmm. but I'm saying oftentimes I feel like I've made this mistake and I see other people do it where it's like they want to get out of that discomfort instead of yielding to it mm -hmm. and allowing that coal to become a diamond, right? That's mm -hmm. exactly how diamonds are. They're just what coal under extreme pressure over time. Mm -hmm. It creates a diamond and there's really no shortcut to that. And there's no other prescription to that. You emerged from that almost like a Phoenix out of the ashes. Like there, there's something I love about living here in Phoenix. And it's just the idea of the Phoenix. When I think of Harry Potter too, as you say that we, we just finished reading that with my kids. Oh, did you? But, but really the fact that it rises out of the ashes, what you get as a backbone, as a, I now have a cultivated resilience in me. I now have a renewed mission, a renewed gratitude for the opportunity I have to be able to live this life because I'm not shrouded in darkness anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you've emerged victorious and you can almost dance with risk in a, in a way where you're like, I'm not scared anymore. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm still normal. I'm still human, but almost like my greatest fear came upon me and I realized I'm victorious. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is even your message with I woman, you just, you have conquered. And then you're like, Hey, who can I, who can I empower? Who can I release into the greatest version of themselves so they can find that same exact sense of fulfillment? Mm -hmm. So thank you for not giving up during that crazy year. Thank you for not um, short circuiting it, for not taking the shortcut, but actually just walking through that and having the courage to do that as a new mom. That is such a difficult thing. Like I remember, you know, we have five kids <laughs> postpartum depression is real. And I would tell all my, my friends that were guys, look, like you kind of think everything leads up to the pregnancy mm -hmm. and that's like the, the mountaintop. Yay. We had a baby mm -hmm. and you don't realize now, what do you do with it? How do you make it feel cared for? Like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to get into all that, but the fact like that is such a real thing. And even just giving women permission mm -hmm. to, for it to be messy and for them to have hormones and for them to have dark times instead of them feeling like there's something wrong with them. Like there was nothing wrong with you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I just, yeah, I just want to honor you for that, Melissa. Thank you for overcoming. Um, and then using everything you've learned to just elevate the people in dentistry. Well, you're welcome. It's, it's, you know, it's just what I'm meant to do. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head and you know, it's, it's funny. One of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. So I, I go to a lot of conferences, as you know, um, and one of my favorite things to do is to almost prejudge somebody. Like, so for instance, if I see somebody who I don't, don't know yet, um, who I, who I've seen on social media, maybe interacted on social media or heard about, right. You have this, we all have this prejudge of, of who somebody is before we meet them. And one of my favorite things to do, Sean, is to just kind of like hang around that person for a couple of minutes and then start talking to them just to get their vibe or whatever, and then start talking to them. And in that first like 60 seconds of talking to this person who I've never, you know, really interacted with before, 
the the prejudgment the it, it just all changes it completely changes um and that's one of my favorite moments ever uh in dentistry at these conferences and i bring it up because you know it's in those 60 seconds those first 60 seconds of interacting with somebody where you realize they have a story where you realize they're trying to do they're doing all they can to make positive change too, to to make things to innovate, whether it's through a product or or mental health or something. We're just all trying our best. And so when I meet somebody for the first time, that's when it really comes to the surface. And it's those moments that I never want to forget because they're so precious. It's it's like, okay, I thought this person was one way, but no, no, no. Here's their story. This is what they're all about. And now we can move forward because it's going to take all of us. And you know this, it's going to take all of us uh, working together and working parallel and working at different levels, high level, you know, whatever to really make innovation in dentistry happen and uh, as well as other industries too. But um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's going to take all of us to move things along. And it is, it's just in the last I don't know, even since COVID, but in the 20 years that I've been in dentistry, I've seen it change so, so, so much. And not that everything in dentistry was bad. No, but there are definitely innovation and improvements that we can make. And I am way off topic now, aren't I? I don't even know. How did I get here? But so the cool thing is Melissa K. Turner just revealed that it only takes her 60 seconds (laughs) to get past any pre-bias. Don't hold me to that. that is amazing. Um, I I know that two of like my like all time best friends are people that I originally got offended by when I met them. Oh, really? Yeah, because I misjudged them. They actually misjudged me, and it took us a while. Like then, all of a sudden, three, four, six months later, we're still around each other because we're in the same community, and whatnot. And all of a sudden, we were just finally both open enough to see. Wow! Like I didn't realize I totally bombed it with the way that I saw you. I thought you were this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I think it's amazing. It must, you know, there must be some level of emotional intelligence that you have uh, that maybe not every, just so you know, not everybody has that. That's amazing. But Melissa, going back to what I just told you, (laughs) I thought you were pretty cool when I met you, but I was like, okay, Sonia, she's my girl. (laughs) Like me and Sonia, me and Melissa, I I was like, me and Melissa, I don't really, I don't know. I don't think we're vibing at all. I think we're kind of pretty different. And then at the DEO, it's the first time I actually got to talk to you in like a real way. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, I even apologized to you because I was like, okay, like it wasn't like it was, I thought you were bad, but I didn't realize how amazing of a person you are and how aligned you are to just serve and make dentistry great. Like, like I, you are such an inspiration. That's why I want to interview you. That's why I wanted to tell your story and like, thank you for letting me. Um, and, and no, you, you weren't off topic on that last one. Okay. okay so here's a question. Um, uh, in the last 10 years with this journey, mm-hmm. um, was there a mindset that you had to shed or what was one of the maybe more challenging ones for you, uh, for you to get to where you're at today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E- either one that you had to shed or one that you, you embraced either one, either way. Yeah. I think, I think the idea of rejection was one that I had to shed. I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. I always am like, oh my God, am I, are they going to like me, right? Are they going to like what I do? Is this message that I put onto the community, is it going to be accepted? But what I've done is I've realized that if, if, if someone chooses to be a leader, it's going to be a lonely, lonely road, whether it's a leader in technology or speaking or any kind of position, it's going to be a lonely road. And it's going to be full of rejection. You're going to get rejected over and over and over and over again. And then you're going to have the one time where you don't get rejected and your career moves forward or your business moves forward. And so to me, what I've realized and what has helped me with the actual shedding of rejection is knowing that it's almost a numbers game. You know, if if we're finding sponsors for an event or a podcast or things like that. It's almost a numbers game just like that. Like if we reach out to 30 sponsors, we might get one back. And it's it's kind of the same same mentality when I'm thinking of rejection and mindset. 
you know, I'm going to try 30 different things before one thing succeeds. And along the way, people are going to reject me. Businesses are going to reject me. You know, my abstract may not be um, accepted for, you know, to speak at a certain event. And but it but it's a numbers game. And so taking a step back and understanding the big picture of being like, okay, I just pick back up and try again. If somebody says no, that's the worst they can say. They say no, I move on. And so shedding like like being able to to shed that rejection and and help, I don't know, maybe quantify it, um, has really helped me move forward and not live in fear of what's going to happen. And I I think that kind of correlates with the uncertainty that we were talking about earlier. Also, um, it's, it's, well, I know it it also makes it less personal Yeah. because, because you care. So if you're going to be heart centered and you're going to care, you can't care what the people that could reject you would say, Mm -hmm. like, because then that throws you off your mission, right? Mm -hmm. That makes it. So literally, as you were saying that, this is also why I do this podcast, Mm -hmm. because like I'm getting, um, I don't know, blessed. I don't know what else to say ministered to, because as you're saying that, I'm like, that is still something <laughs> that I have struggled with. I, like if I could name a mindset that I need to shed so I can go where I need to go mm-hmm. over the next decade, that is still it for me. Like I have not succeeded in that. I, it's hard for me to detach that and make it impersonal. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't say something about me. Mm-hmm. And then I love that you made that parallel to that's also business. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you're not sugarcoating it. If someone's wanting to start a new idea right now, the idea of them hitting that grand slam on their first idea, it's so small. It is so small. It'd be better to just start with the expectation of, hey, if your 30th iteration is the one that's going to work, then please fail through those one through 29 as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Commit to it. Sign up for the journey. There's going to be the crazy highs and lows. But if what you're doing is on mission, then then you're going to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that is, ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, do I owe you something for that? Do I need to pay you for, for that, that golden nugget that you just dropped? It for me. <laughs> just start a meme or something. We're good. Well, but along <laughs> with that too, Sean, and I want to make it clear, you know, along with that, it's, 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 it's experience. It's being in this industry since I was a teenager, right? For 20 years, it's now understanding the players now understanding how it works, how the relationships work, what it means to be a practice owner and have a team, what it means for DSOs to come into the landscape. You know, a lot of this comes from just being exposed for two decades uh, with the ins and outs of the industry. And the same thing too, you know, because I've had to, and this has definitely helped because I've worked internally uh, and and been on advisory boards with a lot of different product and technology companies, I've been able to see the tries, those 29 tries before the 30th is successful. I've been able to see the fails and, and the reiterations that have to happen. And so, you know, the mindset that I have, I don't expect everyone to have it. And especially not right away. You know, it's it comes with just being exposed for long periods of time to these kinds of methods and to this mindset and to the business world, really. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want people to think that like, oh my God, like I have, how can I get there? How can I, how can I do that right away? But it's, it'll come with experience and with time. It will. But that's kind of like almost like circling back to the whole parenthood thing. Like just <sighs> like the message to the audience is like, just start now. Yeah. Oh, but I don't know if I'm ready. You're ready enough. If you're a dental professional, you are smart enough resilient enough, capable enough to, oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> normally I don't like connect the dots between people, but I interviewed Manal yeah. oh, and she Manal. said that, a th- yeah, she said that a therapist of hers or, or coach way back when said, if you are able to think of something, then you actually have the power to do it. Oh, no so way. like, meaning if you have the power, if you think that maybe someday you could have an event and host it and lead you actually have the power within you to do that. Like, that's just like a, wow. So our listeners right now, if they're thinking, because that's what I love. We're able to share things, but the real takeaways that people are getting are what's between the lines of what we're saying, Mm -hmm. what they're hearing in their head of like, that's the thing I need to do. That's the passion that I've been making excuses as to why I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be like, forget the excuses. Like no one, 
no one's looking at you and they're, no one's going to like shame you if you step up and try something. No. No. Like just, just go. We actually like you and I, we want you to succeed. We want people to step up and own the gift of who they are and shine the light that only they can shine. So Melissa, if someone's listening right now and they're like, oh my gosh, like this, because one thing you can do because of your experience is you can actually help short. Really, there is actually shortcuts when it comes to like, you can help someone identify instead of 29 tries, maybe it's just going to be six or seven because I can help with intelligence. Uh, with experience, really just, I mean, it's, it's the whole idea of parents saying that you're, their their ceiling becomes our floor. That That's the whole point of mm-hmm. inheritance, of legacy, is to pass on to the next mm-hmm. generation so they can do a better job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if someone wants to get a hold of you and say, hey, I want to work with Melissa K. Turner, <laughs> where do you want their eyes to go? Well, you know, any social media is fine. So the tooth girl on Instagram, you can slip in my, into my DMs. That is perfectly okay. It might take a while to get back to you. Um, but Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I am, I am on TikTok, but it is confusing as hell. I have no idea what to do on TikTok. <laughs> so don't reach out to me there, but you can do any other social media or go to my website at melissaKturner.com. There's, there's a contact form widget on there that you can, that comes directly to my team and they'll send it to me. Um, and so that's probably the fastest way to get a hold of me. But then as soon as I meet you in person, I mean, I'll give you my phone number and we'll be texting every day. So there you go. <laughs> BFFs forever. <laughs> okay. So I have, I have two, two questions. Yeah. Um, one of them I've never asked. Okay. And the other one is kind of my classic, classic close. So if we're looking at the next decade of your life, Melissa, and we're recognizing that it's like a chapter in the book of you, mm-hmm. what is that chapter titled? Hmm. Well, I would think, and this correlates very well with our our theme for our upcoming mobile conference in March. So our theme for that conference is Unleash. It's called Unleash 2024. And that is probably going to be my theme for the next decade too, uh, mostly because, you know, so much of my life has been built around uh, being a mom, being a parent, giving my kids, you know, my all and showing them what it's like to be able to make change, but to be there for the kids. And so, so really right now I'm giving, I don't know, maybe 70% of, of my energy and my time to my career. But once my kids become more independent, once they can actually clean up their rooms and get their own snack, you know, it, this sounds so simple, but that's when I can unleash. So I don't know if that's going to be when they're 13 or 21. I don't know. But that's when I can actually unleash and focus. I think I have ADD, ADHD. I don't know, but it takes a lot for me to try to get to focus. And so my kids are outside my door right now and I'm like, oh my God, like, are they okay? Whatever, whatever. Uh, But once they're independent, then it's time for me to really sit down and unleash whatever it is I want to do at that point. I've got ideas. Um, You know, it's probably not going to be anything that I'm doing now. It's just completely different, but it'll still be in dentistry. But the title... Sean will be definitely unleashed. But if that changes, I'll let you know, because who knows, there's going to be a million chapters between, <laughs> between now and then as well. And who knows what those titles will be? I don't know. Okay. So Melissa, yeah. can you picture yourself at age 18? Yes. Okay. So you're walking down the street okay. and off in the distance, you see 18 year old Melissa K. Turner. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just have a brief moment to communicate one sentiment to her, to leave with her, like almost like to encourage her with for what is going to be ahead. What do you say to her? I would say to her that it is okay to change. And this is, this is one of the strongest uh, themes in my life that I tell my kids, that I teach my kids. And also in my marriage and with any of my close friends, it is okay to change. I think so often we don't allow ourselves to do 180s, right? Like we know, for instance, if we know we're on a dark path and we know uh, we're surrounding ourselves with negativity, if, if we understand that we can change a full 180 tomorrow, 
and just make that choice to change. I think that's one of the biggest gifts that we can give other people, but also to ourselves. And um, I think one of the examples is when I was, I was a really shy kid growing up. And when I went to high school, I went to, my parents gave me the choice to go to a new high school or stick with the ones that, that all my friends were going to. And I'm like, I'm going to go to this new high school and I'm going to kind of, you know, do a 180 and I'm not going to be shy anymore. And, and on day one, I was, you know, intentionally making friends and intentionally trying to, you know, figure out what not shy Melissa is all about. And that was my first lesson, I think, in, in really allowing myself to, to change. And now, I mean, I'm changing all the time. I mean, as soon as, as soon as I think I know myself, I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this and see, see what this side of Melissa is about. So I I think that's, I think that's what I would tell 18 year old Melissa is, is don't be afraid to change, allow yourself to change whenever you want. Okay. So that is beautiful on so many levels. So to the listeners right now, it's like, I almost felt like you also just took out like some boxes. Like if you felt boxed in with the way that you're viewed as a clinician, or if you felt boxed in the way that you're viewed as a leader or um, just an owner in your own practice, it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like Melissa K. Turner is giving you permission Mm -hmm. to step up, to change, to embrace that identity that you know you can embrace that's true to who you are. Mm And it's going to bring more fulfillment. Melissa, seriously, it has been such an honor. And it's been so easy to honor you as an innovator, as someone that's really making a difference in dentistry. I love all the things you're a part of. I'm super excited to see what the next decade actually brings. And I just want to let you know, like, I am in your corner. Uh, I am, like, rooting for you to continue just to be the best version of you that you can be. So you can just shine that light and really just, like, give people the gift of who you are. So thank you for letting me interview you today. Sean, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I really hope that, you know, this conversation that you and I have and that you're having with every other guest can just continue, you know, continue into the future because these are the things that we don't often talk about in dentistry. So also thank you for giving this platform to all of us to tell our story. Thank you. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. To learn more about what's going on in dentistry, check out innovationindentistry.com.